0: more info now.
1: Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results.
4: If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the moon while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Cause you and I
5: outweigh. Happy Saturday, Outway fam. Amy here, and we've got... Dylan Murphy back for the third Saturday in a row. Yeah, hey, hello. Hey. Thank you for doing this, and we hope you'll come back. We've yeah. been having different experts join me about three episodes at a time, mm-hmm. so that's like a good yeah. amount. But yes. then popcorn, love to have everyone uh, yes. back. So anytime, su- super thankful for you making making the time because yep. I know that you're busy with your own practice and yeah. a new mom. Yeah, Dylan is a nutritionist based here in Nashville. On Instagram, you can find her at dylanmurphy.rd if you want to see all the encouragement that she posts. She has some amazing things. She's definitely a great follow if you're in recovery or you're thinking about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, because that these are the types mm. of accounts that have been crucial mm. to my recovery. I've learned so much and been, you know, recommended different podcasts and different yeah. books to read simply by the, the people that I follow on Instagram mm. that are safe. Yes. Yeah. Safe. Keyword. Safe. Keyword. <laughs>
6: and that safe. I mean, because I think Instagram, social media in general can get a lot of hate and there are a lot of negative things when it comes to social media. But at the same time, there are so many great resources out there. And so I think even just as a side note, as you're like going through your social media feed. Being mindful of that, of if you find, if you're following accounts that like are triggering you or you're like, I don't know if I like what they say, or they're posting like what I eat in a day pictures or videos, like hitting that blue button that's unfollow. I don't know what color the button is on TikTok, maybe red, hitting the unfollow button because yeah, you don't have to invite those people into your space
5: no room for that. (laughs) And if it's someone that you know, because sometimes it's an actual Mm, friend, you can mute. Yes. And they will never know. Yes, Because you don't want to be. Oh, yes. (laughs) But unfortunately, you're just, you you can't be exposed to that. You can still be their friend, Mm -hmm. but you don't need to scroll through and um, have have Protect your own energy. Yes. Protect your energy. So speaking of that, there's diet talk around us Mm. often. And you posted some slides. Mm -hmm. Um, It's from April 21st. If people Mm -hmm. want to go to your Instagram and go back to this particular thing and screenshot it so they can have it (laughs) yes but ways to respond to diet Mm -hmm. talk Mm -hmm. and I can just go through and I'll give the different quotes that you shared and then you can speak to them okay so here's what you put up and if I swipe right this is the first thing I'm working hard to heal my relationship with food let's not talk about calories Mm. yes and I feel like
6: so gosh this is a conversation I have so often with clients especially if you're like preparing to go home for a
5: holiday
6: or going out home for July 4th or if you're going to be around family like this is something i talk about all the time like how do we navigate what people say. So I think that what Amy just read can be huge. And I think that's an example of like advocating for yourself. So recognizing when people make comments about calories, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ate that. It had X amount of calories in it. Knowing it's okay to, to kind of call that person out in, you know, a a gracious way in that moment, if you feel comfortable and there's other ways, I think it may show up on the other slides that she reads, but other ways you can like talk back to that as well.
5: well. I'll just say too, I used to be the person that was always talking that way. So then other people might not know. They might think I'm cool with that yeah. because that's how I would talk for mm-hmm. so long. So they're just talking how I talked. Yes. So what's the big deal? Yes. And I didn't know. It's almost like you don't know until you know. Yes. So sure. in a kind way, you can let them know and you don't want to say it in any way they're not trying to be again they're probably just partaking in conversation you used to partake in Mm -hmm. but you're now setting a boundary for yourself that like hey let's try not to talk about that yes and don't really make it about that make sure they know it's about you and they're not like, hey, I get it but like hey right now let's talk about something else yes So um, another thing that you posted right after that as an example would be hearing you talk about your diet is not helpful to me. Could we talk about something else? Yeah.
6: Basically that. Yes. Like, can we just, can we change the subject? I love what you just said, Amy, of like not making them feel like the bad guy because they could, it could be so habitual. They could be used to talking like that. Probably their mom talked like that and their grandma and all their friends. And it's almost especially I see this with like women, what the image that always comes to mind for me is like when you're in a wedding and it's like a bridal party and like one person makes a comment about like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I look like this in my dress or like, I'm not going to have, bri-. like it's like one comment then kind of domino affects everyone else. And so you could be the person that's like, hey, can we like change the subject? Or like maybe we shouldn't talk about our bodies like that. And it I mean, it can feel awkward. It can feel uncomfortable to be that person, but it also can be so powerful for yourself and maybe for your friends as well.
5: Yeah. I mean, it could open a door to a new thinking for everyone. I know before I was in recovery, I would share a lot of disordered yeah. <laughs> tips to mm. my listeners of my four things podcast. Oh, mm. <laughs> I mean, I cringe now, because yeah. but I thought I was just, mm. I was participating in normal yeah. talk Yeah, and I I remember one listener in particular that sent me a very thoughtful, kind email, mm-hmm. but that she could no longer listen. Mm, wow. But she wasn't being rude. I yes. mean, she could have just stopped listening and never For told sure. me. But I'm now so thankful that mm. she spoke up and said something in yeah. a kind, thoughtful way. Because while I couldn't see it at the time, I really couldn't. Yeah. I was actually got, I got defensive. Yeah. In my own head, I don't mm-hmm. think I replied to her in a defensive way. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, what? Yeah. No, I would just, I'm not even going to say some of the things I was saying yeah. on those episodes because they, they're not helpful here mm-hmm. to our outweigh community. But I didn't know I was doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But then once the light bulb came on yes. for me because of, you know, learning and growing and mm-hmm. evolving and entering into recovery, I'm like, Oh, again, now it's cringy to me that I was, I thought that was content. Mm. And that was healthy content for me to put out. Yeah. When really, it was quite triggering. And so, Mm. you know, similarly, friends might think, Oh, this is just healthy, normal friend conversation. Mm. But you can speak up in a kind way and change the narrative and they someone might get defensive. Mm -hmm. But that's actually their problem. Yes. Not yours. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Another thing you put up is can we not talk about dieting at the dinner table? Mm. Ooh, that yeah. one seems direct. Yes. <laughs>
6: right here at the table, please, everyone. Yeah. And I, cause I think that's where so often comments can come up, whether it's like, oh, I'm going to grab this piece of bread, even though I'm on this diet where I can't eat bread. Like people just love to make comments about food, what they're not eating, if they're cheating on their diet, whatever it may be. Or they'll and so,
5: project and be like, are you really going to eat that?
6: Yes. Like <laughs> comment on your own, like your plate of like, Oh, I can't, or gosh, I get it all the time as a dietitian. Like, oh my gosh, you would eat a hamburger or like of course you're eating a salad, you're a dietitian. Like just not commenting on people's food. Yeah. And I think the dinner table can be a big place for that. And we in a previous episode we did, we talked a lot about like family and friends and values and joy and thinking about like the dinner table and how it's supposed to be a time of like bonding and connecting with people and having conversation, catching up on the day. But if people are so engulfed in what you're eating, what you're not eating, all this like diet chatter, it takes away that and makes the dinner table feel like this unsafe, uncomfortable place. So again, being that person to to say something. And also what I want to say with like all of these things we're saying, this is like one example of ways to navigate diet comments. I think another thing, if you're listening and you're like, gosh, I just don't feel strong enough yet to say things like that to friends or family, or I'm like still too worried what they may think, you could like just get up from the dinner table. Or maybe like if you know at Thanksgiving, there's this aunt in your family that always makes comments, then maybe trying to position yourself at the other end of the table as her, like trying to see like, what are things I can do to protect my energy, but maybe I don't feel comfortable enough yet to actually say something out loud.
5: Also, do you think some of these things could we could also say to ourselves?
6: Yes. Yes. It's like saying them, even if yeah, even if you don't say them out loud, like saying them inside to yourself of like, okay, what is on my plate is not other people's business. I love that you said that because just having some sort of like affirmation or mantra that you can like hold on to
5: if you don't want to say it out loud, but just to yourself. But you might have to say it to yourself, yes, because of others, but you also Mm -hmm. might need to say it to yourself because you're saying it. Yes. Like you need to talk back to yourself. Mm -hmm. That is part of what I had to do Mm -hmm. in my early days of recovery was talking back to my eating disorder brain. Yes. Because my eating disorder brain was telling me one thing. Yes. And then I was working really hard for the other part of my brain to shut the eating disorder up. Yes. and so, But you have to do it over and over and over until you get there. Yes.
6: I was listening to a podcast on the way here, actually. Mm -hmm. Do you um, listen or do you know who Jordan Dooley is or listen to Mm -mm. this stuff? So she was talking on her podcast about how it takes 200 times for a thought you have to turn into like an actual belief. And so I feel like when we're in like these eating disorder behaviors or these diet thoughts, we've like thought them for so, so long that we think them to be true. And so I think the more we can start to counteract them with these other like positive thoughts or beliefs, the more we think them, the more we're gonna believe them to be true and the less those like diet chatter, eating disorder brain thoughts are gonna show up.
3: at purdueglobal.edu.
5: Okay, the next slide you have up is, I want to spend my time with you talking about more important things. Mm, yes, yes.
6: Because that uh, that's always such a sad thing of like if you reflect back on time with like a friend, family, girls' night out, whatever the scenario may be, and it's like, gosh, all we talked about was how we hated different parts of our body or what we were eating, what we weren't eating. And so shining light on like, gosh, like, let's talk about something else. Like there's so many other things to talk about in life than what you're eating, what diet you're on. And it's it's hard because we, I feel like the culture we live in, it feels like that's like the cool thing to like be on a diet or to like want to lose weight or, you know, making some sort of comment like that. So it can almost feel like you're not like the popular kid at the table.
5: Also, there's workout plans and diets like in disguise. They seem innocent and acceptable mm-hmm. on Instagram. Like, I don't know, there's something I saw someone post the other day, like hard 75 or. Oh, yeah, 75 I mean,
6: hard. Yes. Okay. Oh.
5: And I was like, oh.
6: Oh, it's so annoying.
5: Why are you doing that? Yes. Because while you might be able to do it, it's okay. We don't need to see your journey because other people are seeing it and then comparing themselves to where you are. And that's okay if you're okay with doing that and healthy. But like, why do we have to like document it for everybody else to join in? Yes. Yes. Misery loves company. Oh, yes. Unless, of course, you're doing 75 hard or hard 75 and you're not miserable. (laughs) You might be. Which would be so hard because I feel like it's miserable. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you're, if, if, you're, you love... if you're sticking to it 100%, yeah. there's no way you're sticking to something yes. 100% and you're yeah. totally happy with it all the time. Yeah, yeah, like, there's no way. It's just not possible. I think I maybe skipped one of the slides that you had uh-huh. in early on, which is I'd really appreciate if we could not comment on other people's plates and food choices, mm. yes. which is kind of the dinner table thing mm. or even what people are eating or what you saw them eat, even if you're not at the same table as them or you're not even in their friend circle. Maybe they post about it on Instagram and yes. then you feel like you need to make a comment on it or that's just, we don't need to be talking about what anybody's eating. Yeah. yeah. Why?
6: Yes. Why? Like, it's not that big of a deal. It,
5: it drives think, me crazy when yes. people are like, oh, I had coffee and toast or here's what I eat in a day. Yes. And then I had an e- boiled egg as a yeah. snack yeah. And then this, okay, well, whatever. Someone else might literally have other things going on in their mm-hmm. body and everybody breaks it mm-hmm. everything down so differently. You yes. know this better, you're yes. the dietitian No, you're saying but it, it just, great. This is just, oh, that's a one thing that, yeah. and people so have annoying. asked me before in my career and being mm-hmm. on the Bobby Bone Show, and mm-hmm. they'll just be like, I'd love for you to do a what I eat in a day video. Mm-hmm. They, God, I never did it in my disordered days because I probably Mm. would have. Maybe I even did used to post more, Mm -hmm. but I never did a full blown what I eat in a day probably just because like too much time. I know.
6: Like who has the time to like post that also?
5: But I'm just so thankful I never did it. And now I'm in recovery. And when I see people do it, I'm like, why? I don't Mm -hmm. understand what the point of you sharing what you eat in a day, even if your followers are asking for it. Yes. What is the point?
6: Yes. And I think it all, even if people don't say it, it all stems back to body image, them feeling like, oh, well, I have the optimal body. Here's what you can eat to to look like me. Or that's also how people are perceiving it. Because why would you care what someone eats in a day unless it's like the deeper desire of like, I want to look like her. I wonder what she eats in a day and then I'm going to eat what she eats. When in reality, like Amy just said, like all of our bodies are so different. Even if you like are related to someone, like I have two other sisters and the three of us, we could eat the exact same way and still look different. So even if you follow what someone ate in a day. So take this as your friendly reminder to just unfollow people or mute them who post what I ate in a day things.
5: The last slide that you have in how to respond to diet talk, is this topic is hard for a lot of people, so I try not to talk about it. Yeah. So so explain that one. Yeah, so I think
6: that can be kind of even like a more, almost like indirect way to talk about it where maybe you're not wanting to like go super deep into like, okay, can we just, can we stop talking about like this diet? Can we stop talking about food? Like maybe you don't want to be as direct, but just saying like this topic, let's say people are talking about like, how they look and address their body or talking about weight loss. Maybe you're saying like, you know, this topic is like just not always the best for me to like talk about. Can we talk about something different? So it's kind of just, it's almost like another way of saying like, I'm kind of bored with this conversation. Can we talk about something else? Or like, this isn't really a fun thing to talk about. Can we, can we change the subject? And again, that can be a hard thing to say because Another thing with all of this being said is like, we can't control how people respond to what we say. So you could tell someone, you could set boundaries, you could say these sort of comments, but the person listening or the person you're saying this to may not agree. They may be still engulfed in that culture themselves. So they may not see a problem. And that's a really hard thing too. And so I think with all of this recognizing, I keep saying the phrase like protecting your energy, but I think with this recognizing, like I know I can't control how people respond, but I can say what I know I need to say. And then maybe there's other boundaries I need to put in place. So with this, like I think if you're listening and you're like, okay, I've tried these things or what if I try these things and they don't work? Like what if I make these comments and have these conversations with my friend and family, but they don't change anything. I think that's where putting some sort of like boundary in place could be really powerful. It's hard, but it could be really powerful of like, you know, if we're always gonna talk about diets at the dinner table, I might not be able to have dinner with y'all or I'm not gonna be able to come home for July 4th if you're gonna just comment on our body sizes. And maybe it's not that drastic of a boundary, but knowing it's okay to put those kind of barriers in place to support your own health and healing.
5: And honestly, whenever I was in the throes of my eating disorder, mm-hmm. I feel like I wish my family would have set a boundary with me yeah. opposite. Yeah, like, that's hey, so true. Like, if you're going to be obsessed with your diet, well, that was them doing that, but they weren't in recovery. Like they, yeah. my family didn't have an eating mm-hmm. disorder. So it wasn't like they were making me stop talking about it so they wouldn't join me. Yeah. They were just more like I was a buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
6: like cause we, cause it is, Like I said, it's like, can we t- There's so many other fun things we could talk right. about.
5: Like they're like, oh, on. here's Amy. She brought her own food again yeah. while we're enjoying this meal, mm. and then all she's going to want to talk about is her meal yes. and how amazing it is and how healthy and how yes. we're I can't believe we're eating. You know, yes. Of course, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not really. <laughs> yeah. I, my, I'm sure my dad was probably so sad. i mm. you know, didn't eat a lot of of his meals and. My mom even too. And I've lost both of my parents. So that's something where I'll never have that time back. Mm, And I'm not someone that loves to cook. So it sucks. (laughs) Um, I enjoyed it. Before we wrap, just real quick, since I, you know, mentioned that I wanted to ask you about a scenario that I I had in in my recovery recently, where I was in the pantry and I felt like I had just bounced from snack to snack Mm -hmm. and was had eaten probably a little bit too much in that moment, but I came home. I was starting my period. Mm-hmm. Like things to keep in mind: my, you need more calories during yes. that time of the month. We've yes. had a cycle expert on talking about the different <laughs> cycles cool. of the month and saying you need more intake. That's yeah. why you're eating. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um. You, your body is burning more and it mm. needs the fuel. I, of course, I know that, mm-hmm. but also I had not set myself up for much success. I had a long work day didn't fuel properly. I hadn't eaten adequately at all. So I came home and then just started. And then when I was standing in the pantry, I looked around and kind of had this moment mm. of did I just binge? Mm. Yeah. And sort of freaked out. And then my old self, like the eating disorder thought popped in, is like, well, should we just keep going? Yeah. Or think about what you're gonna have to do. If you keep going, you're gonna have to get rid of this somehow. Yeah. Or go work out or mm-hmm. go. And I thought, okay, nope not yes. part of this story. And I shut it down Yes, and I walked out of the pantry and I, I didn't go work out. I think part of me was like, maybe I should just go get on the treadmill. And I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm actually exhausted because yes. guess what? When you're starting your period, you're also exhausted. Yes, <laughs> And the best thing that I could do for myself was go lay down. Mm. But is what I experienced normal? Mm. And like, I'm, yeah. I'm still early in recovery, like two years. Yeah, But like, is that something that I'll probably have to just, shut down Mm. who knows for how long. Yes. So with all of that, I would say that's an example of like
6: those thoughts, those eating disorder thoughts that may still pop up throughout anyone's recovery journey. I think one thing you'll notice, and you may have noticed this yourself, like they'll start to pop up way like fewer and far between. Whereas like when you're in the throes of it, and maybe even when you're like beginning recovery, it's probably like this constant like nagging voice that you're always hearing. But then over time, it's going to kind of mellow out. And then sometimes it may show up when you like least expect it. Like, oh my gosh, like I thought we were done with these thoughts. Where's this coming from? But I think what's great about recovery and tools that you can learn in your healing journey is you now have the tools to prevent that from spiraling further. Whereas maybe deep in your eating disorder, you didn't have that. It was like, okay, well, I guess I just need to keep eating or I need to do something to get rid of it. But Now, you know, okay, I know that doesn't serve me. I know that doesn't align with my values. I know that doesn't like lead me to good places. So what can I do instead? What do I need to do to support myself? Maybe I need to go, like you said, lay down. Maybe I need to like text a friend. We've talked about accountability. Like maybe I need to like talk to someone right now or like go distract myself, do something totally different. I think in that scenario too, I see so often people being so quick to be like, oh my gosh, I just binge. Like I can't control myself around food. Now I just need to go get rid of all those different foods. I can't control myself. And knowing that like, one, there's like such a big difference between like truly binging versus maybe just like eating past fullness or even like just giving your body what it actually needed in the yes, moment.
5: which is exactly like, what yes. I had not, I know yes. I hadn't fueled my body. So of course I was a little bit ravenous. Yeah. And I was like, oh, chips sound good, salty. Yeah. Oh, something sweet sounds good. And yes. I just felt like I was bouncing around the pantry. I wouldn't mm. define it as a true binge, right? Yeah. It's like- Felt like I zoned out and yes. lost control. And mm. like it just, but who knows? If mm. I had given in to one of the thoughts, mm-hmm. I might have just camped out and started. Yeah. And then who knows? Then that's, but you're right, fewer mm. and further between. And I hadn't experienced yeah. something like that in mm-hmm. quite some time. Yeah. So then I thought, well, that's weird. Yeah. I've worked so hard, but here I am having this thought. Yeah. And I'm thankful I have gratitude that I was able to shut it down because yes. I almost feel like alcoholics get mm-hmm. their chips. Yeah. Yeah, And when you're in recovery, Mm -hmm. I do kind of track it. And I'm like, okay, I've come this far. Mm -hmm. I don't want to turn back. Step back into that. Yes. And what's so
6: hard too is like we live in a culture that basically like glorifies eating disorders and disordered eating behaviors. So when you're journeying to like actively recover and walk further and further from these behaviors, you're also like, it's almost like you're swimming upstream. Like you're surrounded by all of these people talking about like, what to eat, what not to eat, what I eat in a day. So it's easy for that like eating disorder, disordered eating voice to like creep back in over time. But I think using that as an example of like, wow, I do have power over that voice where maybe in the past
5: I didn't think I did. Awesome. Well, thank you for talking through that with me. Hopefully, that will be helpful for someone listening. And again, y'all can find Dylan on Instagram. She's dylanmurphy.rd. And then I encourage y'all to also check out her podcast, Free Method Podcast, which covers a lot of the same topics that we're discussing here on Outway. But Dylan's also a new mom. So if you happen to be a new mom, there's some content there that might speak to you in this new stage yeah. in your life. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much, Dylan, yeah, for for coming for on and joining us the last three weeks and then would love to have you back in the future. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks. Bye
4: any disease.